Welcome to Christ Church Pops, a podcast of Christ Church Parish in Pensacola, Florida. Here we'll be sharing the preaching of the parish, both recent and from the past, as well as conversations with the people of the parish. So let's go. So the joy of being an Episcopalian is our liturgy gets ingrained in our hearts. But occasionally in a sermon, I want to focus in on the meaning of the words we say. So this is a sermon that looked at the promises we make in our baptismal covenant. The sermon was titled, Keeping Our Promises. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. I like to think of myself as the kind of man who keeps his promises. If I tell somebody I'm going to do something, I try to think at least that I will do it. For example, the other night, my wife realized that there was a spider over our bed. It was on the ceiling, but the worst part is it was right over the pillows. Now, my wife is a strong and capable woman, but she does not like bugs. And if I was not there, she would have taken care of it. But we have an arrangement that if I'm in the house, I take care of all bugs. So she called me in to take care of the bug that was on the ceiling, the the spider that was on the ceiling above our bed. So I go to get a paper towel, and I'm going to grab said spider. And as I stand on top of the bed to reach up to do it, she said, Michael, do not let it fall on the bed. And I said, don't worry, I've got this. And she said, promise me. (laughs) So I reached up, like a ninja, reached up and grabbed said spider, and I was certain that I had it grasped inside of this paper towel. Until I looked down, and there it was, swinging on its web right beneath my hand. And when I went to grab it with my hand, my bare hand, mind you, because I have no fear, when I went to grab the spider, it fell. And Amy said, I guess I'm sleeping in the other room tonight. (laughs) So then I started to look for the spider. I lifted all the pillows, I pulled back the covers, I looked everywhere for the spider, and I could not find it anywhere. I had broken my promise. But just then, as I had given up and was getting off of the bed, I look on the ground and sure enough, there was the spider. So I grabbed a shoe and I took care of the spider and therefore, in fact, I did keep my promise. I like to think of myself as a kind of person who keeps their promises. The Old Testament today, we have a story of Joshua establishing a covenant. Now, a covenant is like a contract, except it's based on the relationship. The relationship is the basis for the agreement. So I have a contract with my cell phone provider, but Verizon does not care about me at all, right? I pay them, they do their thing, there's no relationship. But in a covenant... There is a basis that I will be this and you will be this and together we will do this. And I promise to do this and if I do this, you'll do this. If I do this, you'll do this. And there's an agreement between two people, which is why we think of marriage as a covenant. Its foundation is the nature of a relationship. And in this covenant, 
Joshua was talking to the Jewish people. Now, they had already been freed from slavery, gone through the wilderness, come to the promised land, defeated the people that were in the promised land so they could have their own land. And Joshua says, do not chase after other gods. Because that was a new danger. Because they were surrounded by all these people who followed other gods. He says, if you chase after gods, other gods, our land will fail. But if we stay true to the one God, our land will survive and thrive. Or to put it differently, if our land thrives, it's because we followed after the one God. And then Joshua says this line that I've always loved. He says, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. So as a leader, he steps up and says, I'm going to follow the one true God. But then to the people he said, but you're not. You're going to chase after all these other gods. I just know it. And when you do, it's going to hurt the land. But the people cried out, No, no, we will also follow the one true God. We will set up a covenant. And so the part we don't have in the story is Joshua took a stone and put it in the ground to remind people of the promise that they had made. You see this stone, you will remember the promise that you're only going to follow one God. Now this foreshadows the rest of the Old Testament. Because if you look at first and second or Judges and first and second Samuel and first and second Chronicles and first and second Kings, it is the story of the Jewish people either being true to the one true God and their lands thrive, or chasing after other gods and then there are problems. So this is a point, a sort of turning point in the story where they're called to remember their promise. Now, as a side note, it's significant that this happens in the land, in the city called Shechem, because that's the same place that Abraham received the covenant and put up an altar to remember that covenant as well. And the promise to Abraham was, if you will be my people, then I will be your God. If you chase, if you stop being my people, then I will not. Again, the basis is a relationship. And so all the people that were gathered there around Joshua said, I promise. I will only follow one God. But they were not always able to keep that promise. Again, I like to be the kind of person who keeps their promises. There are certain promises that we make in our faith. I mentioned marriage earlier, the covenant. There's vows in that. When I was ordained a priest, there were certain vows I made in that as well. But today in particular, I want us to look at our baptismal covenant. The promises we make in baptism. Last Sunday, we baptized three adorable children at the service. My favorite part of the service is, is, you know, we give them candles at the end to remind them that they are the light of the world. And there were three of them, they were all brothers and sisters. And at one point, the sister looked over to little brother and blew out his candle. (laughs) It was awesome. But as we were doing these baptisms, these three baptisms, I kept thinking about the promises that we make in baptism. All right, so in front of you have a red book. Will you grab that book for me? That book's called The Book of Common Prayer. Every single service we do is found inside this book. Uh, We print a bulletin to help people navigate all of it, but everything comes directly from this book. So if you'll look on page 301. I want to look at some of the promises that we make. Now, some of the promises we make in baptism, only the person who's being baptized makes. And other ones we all make together. And I want to look at these promises 
and remind ourselves as a community that these are the promises that we have made and we want to be the type of people who keep our promises. All right, so if you look at 301, we present a person for baptism. Now, if it's an adult, they may answer for themselves. If it's a child or an infant, we answer for them, and throughout their life, they take ownership of those decisions for themselves, for example, in confirmation. Now, if you look on page 302, turn the page, I look at the, the parents and godparents, and I say, will you be responsible for seeing that this, person, this child you present is brought up in the Christian faith and life? And they say, I will with God's help. In other words, they're promising that they will raise this child to know and love God. Now, it's not saying that it's always going to stick. All they're saying is they're going to plant a seed. Who knows what's going to happen in that child's life? Maybe they'll run around, chase after other things. Maybe they'll turn their back on the church and come back someday. Who knows? God has a plan for them. We are not their Savior. Jesus is their Savior. But the idea is that we'll raise kids to know and love the Lord and plant that seed in their heart. And then there's a series of six promises that we make in baptism. And it sounds, some of them sound like you're making it that moment, but actually it's a promise you're going to continually make throughout your life. The first three are the things that you promise to turn away from. Do you renounce Satan and all the spiritual forces of wickedness that rebel against God? I renounce them. Do you renounce the evil powers that, of this world which corrupt and destroy the creatures of God? I renounce them. Do you renounce all sinful desires that draw you from the love of God? I renounce them. In other words, I'm going to turn away from those things that hurt me and hurt other people. And then we say, are you going to turn to God? Do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept him as your Savior? I do. Do you put your whole trust in his grace and love? I do. Do you promise to follow and obey him as your Lord? I do. Now, regardless of whether or not you were baptized in the Episcopal Church, you made promises like this. This is the essence of what we do across Christendom. You're saying, I'm turning away from one life and instead turning to Jesus. And those are promises that we make at our baptisms, but those are promises that we live out the rest of our lives. And then if you look on page 303, there's a promise that I take very, very seriously. Whenever we baptize somebody, I then look at the rest of you, and I say, will you who witness these vows do all in your power to support these persons in their life in Christ? And then I always ask you to say it loudly, a big we will. So what we are promising is that that person who's baptized, being baptized, we will support them as they grow in the knowledge and love of the Lord. And I take that seriously, and I hope you do as well. That we will support them and their growth of their faith. Now those are the promises that just the person being baptized uh, makes. But then, we do a thing called the baptismal covenant. Again, regardless of whether or not you were baptized in the Episcopal Church, it's the essence of what happens in baptism. What it means to follow Jesus. So you may not have prayed these words at your baptism, but every single time we do a baptism at this church, we all say these words again. We made the promises when we were baptized, and we say them over and over again every time somebody's baptized. I always say it's like a booster shot, right? It re-engages us to the work that we're called to do. So if you look on page 304, it starts with a statement of belief, but I'm going to skip that today. And then there's a list of things that the priest asks, will you do this? And then your answer, if you notice, is not, yeah, I got this. 
It is not said in confidence. We say, I will, with God's help, because we need God's grace to even do the very basics of the faith. In other words, we need God to follow God. We need God to love God. We will, with God's help. So this is really what I want to talk about today. I want to get to this, and we're going to go through each one, and here's how I'd like to do this. I'd like to say it, and then I would like you to reply, and then I'll say a few words in between until I get to the next one. So, we start by saying, will you continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in the prayers? So will we gather together in prayer? Will we come to the Lord's table? Will we see the wisdom of the Christians who have come before us and the faith that they give us? That's what we're promising to do. Okay? Will you persevere in resisting evil, and whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord? Now notice that you're not saying that you'll be perfect. It's saying you're going to try to resist evil. You're going to try not to do the things that hurt other people and yourself. And that's what we're promising. We're promising the attempt, not the success. But even more important than trying to resist, what we're really promising is that when we mess up, and you will mess up, you have messed up already this morning. Every time we fall away from what God wants us to be, our promise is actually that we'll turn back to God and seek forgiveness. Because God is always the God of second chances. Always gives us new life. No matter what we have done, there's nothing that you can do that will separate you from the love of God. So every time we mess up, we turn back to God. That's the real promise we are making there. Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? Now notice it says and and not or. You don't get to choose one of them. You don't get to say, I will use the words, but I'll live my life as a jerk. Or, I will be a good person, but I'll never talk about the love of God I know in Jesus. Our promise is that we will do both. That by our lives and by our words, we will proclaim the good news of God's love. Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? But we don't. Right? You don't. I love me a lot. There are few people I love as much as me. The rest of them? The promise is that we will love all people like we love ourselves. And that we will seek and serve Christ in all persons. Which persons? All persons. Which means there is nobody that's outside the nature of God's love, and there's nobody that we get to treat as anything less than the beloved child of God that they are. I love the language there. We seek Christ in all people, which means we see another person and we look for Jesus in them. We see the imprint of the Son of God in all people, and then we serve them as a beloved child of God. All people. And there is nothing that someone can do or B, that excludes them from the nature of that love that we show the world. 
So we promise that we will seek and serve Christ in all persons. And that we will love them as love much as we love ourselves. All right, will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? Every human being has dignity. And we see that. And if we see them as that beloved child of God, then we will obviously then fight for peace and justice among all people. If we can see everyone as a child of God and we see the respect of, of the, we respect the dignity of, that's in every single human be, being, then that will lead us to want them to have justice and peace in their lives. So this is what we have promised. Like the people around Joshua promised to only follow one God. Like Abraham promised that he will be God's people if God would be their God. We have made these promises. We made them at our baptism. And every time we've gone to a baptism since then, we make them again. So now I'm going to be a little bit meddlesome. I'm sorry. How are you doing? How are you doing keeping your promises? I know we can't always do it. I told you earlier, we're all going to mess up and have to turn back to Jesus. But this is the basis of our covenant in baptism. We who have received all the grace of God, forgiveness, eternal life, peace, and love, those things, those gifts we have from God, we then respond to God and promise to do these things with God's help. And we should be the type of people who keep our promises. Amen. Thank you for listening to Christ Church Pops. Take a moment to subscribe to the podcast, hit like, and share with your friends. And please join us for worship in person or on YouTube or Facebook. And you can learn more about Christ Church at Christ-Church.net. This podcast is by Father Michael Hoffman and Reverend Katie Gillette and edited by Jake Wolstatter. Christ Church exists to show everyone God loves them unconditionally. So remember God loves you and have a blessed day.